within ourselves to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. You realize that God has called you out of darkness, translated you into the marvelous light of his dear son. Jesus came in John 10.10, 10, it says that, that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. We're talking about a crazy good life. A crazy good life. But there is a, there, there's a real war going on too because the first part of John 10.10 10 says the thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. So you got an enemy that's coming to wreak havoc and you got Jesus that's coming and saying, come on, get up above that stuff and enjoy God life. Zoe, life. The Greek word zoe, Z-O-E, is life. It's eternal life. Many of us are under the impression that eternal life starts when we die. That's not when it starts. Eternal life starts when you're born again. When you receive Christ, your spirit is revived. It comes alive. And you start living God life. You don't have to live a life separated from the promises of God anymore. Now your life is, is a journey following after Christ and connecting with the provision and the production of God's promise. We know that when we do what He said, He produces what He promised every single time. That God's word is true. He, God cannot lie. Is The devil's a liar. And God's word is true. Now, life is hard, but God is good. In this world, there shall be tribulation. I, I think that's a promise that most of us won't find on that little bread box there, you know, with the Holy Ghost fortune cookies in it. it usually, you pull out stuff like, I have loved you with an never-ending love, you know. You are, you are precious in my sight. No, oh, that, that's lovely. You don't pull one out that says, today's going to be tough. But hang in there, because you're going to make it. Jesus said, life is hard, but I've overcome it. Be of good cheer. Don't focus on the hard. Focus on the fact that Jesus has given us everything that we need to walk in victory, to live in victory. But we are in a battle. The American family is under attack. We have an enemy that wants to do everything he can to destroy as much as he can. He doesn't want you and your family to know success. He, the, I believe the enemy wants your future, your family, and your faith. He wants to tear from your grip everything that God's trying to put within your possession. He doesn't want you to have peace in your home. But Isaiah thirty-two eighteen, the word says, My people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation. A secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. And here comes your enemy, and he tries to disrupt the peace. Why? Because he's against the family. You understand that there's two, two things that, uh, that, that are ordained of God. Two institutions, the church and the family. And your enemy doesn't want success or life to flow in either one of those. If you don't rise up and be who God's called you to be, you're going to have all kinds of chaos in your life, and you think it's normal. It's not. It doesn't have to be normal for you. You know, the, 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 the believer's family, marriage, does not have to end in divorce. Just because over 50% of marriages end in divorce doesn't mean we should participate in that statistic. Right? No, we're supposed to have something that's better than that. Better than and stronger than We've got to use godly wisdom. Proverbs 24. We'll put it on the screen. Proverbs 24. It says, Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, a family built. You've got to ask yourself, what material are you using to build your life, to build your home, to build your family? It takes godly wisdom, not worldly insight. You know, I don't care how much you, you, know, you like Oprah 
she's not Bible. And if, it, if what she says doesn't line up with the Word of God, you can't build your life on it. You can't, you can't build your life on any piece of wisdom or insight that is not in agreement with the Word of God. We build our life with godly wisdom. God says, I'm above only and not beneath. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, is it possible that if you're not seeing the production of what God promised, is it possible that maybe you're not doing what He said? James gave us a clue. He said, don't be a hearer of the Word only, but be a doer. Make sure you're doing the Word. Because if you're not doing the Word, you're only hearing it, you're going to deceive yourself. You're going to go to the Bible and you're going to look at pictures of what you should look like. Then you're going to wander down the road and life's going to get busy and you're going to forget what you look like. You're going to forget who you are. You're not going to remember what he said because you've read it like a fable, like a story. You didn't realize that this is truth that needs to transform you. Remember where it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. God wants to change you by changing the way we think. In life, we've got the vehicles that pull us to where we're going, that carry us. The church is a vehicle. Family is a vehicle. Vehicles have tires. Remember the four tires. One is mental. One is physical. One is emotional. And one is spiritual. Not everything in life is spiritual. But everything in life impacts your spirit. And your spirit affects everything else in your life. Not everything in life is emotional, but yet your emotions impact everything else in your life. And stuff going on in life is going to affect your emotions. Not everything's physical, but your physical being is going to impact how you handle and deal with everything else in life. And on the chaos of life is going to impact and influence your physical. You know what? If you get balance... In all these areas of your life, you can go through life and maintain control. They're saying, right, Steve? What, what was the thing that you were telling me about the other day, about the, the tire pressure? What do they call it? Tire pressure monitoring system. One of the most important uh, technological advances in, in a car today. Why? Because we found out that if your tire pressure is off in a tire, you, something comes up in, on, on the road, you, you lose control. Simply because the pressure wasn't right. Some of us are so afraid of pressure. Pressure's good for you. If you don't have pressure, you're like a flat tire. And you're going down through life. And you're telling everybody, everything, everybody everything's fine. We know it ain't. You're spitting rubber, man. You're all over the road. You know, think about this. If you've got a 37-inch wheel on one side of the car, but the other side it looks like a lawnmower, you can't control, you're going to lose control. And many of us are out of control in different areas of our life. Why? Because we're not balanced. We're not in alignment. We, we, we need to bring some balance into our life. We're supposed to be demonstrating Satan's defeat, enjoying God life. We started this series, and Shelby and I were talking this week. We wish it wasn't God's plan right now, because it just seems like all hell's broken loose against many families. Not only in our church, across the city. Leaders that are in deep yogurt, because all of a sudden the warfare that they were hiding from now is right out in front, and we're going to have to deal with it. Okay? 
Understand this. Your greatest satanic opposition always comes after your freshest revelation of God's Word. Okay? Your greatest satanic opposition always comes after your freshest revelation. Remember Jesus pointed it out. He said the sower sows the seed. The seed's the Word of God. And when the seed, the Word of God, is sown, immediately the enemy comes to see if he can't take that seed. It works like this. You decide that you are going to do what Bible says. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to live a lifestyle of forgiveness. What happens next? Everybody who's ever offended you comes to your house. They're not swinging by to visit. They unpack and move in. Okay? Uh, And now you're going to be challenged. Are you really going to walk in forgiveness? Are you really going to do what the Bible says? You know, I'm going to live to give. And then bills show up in the mail. We're going to find out. Right? Uh, We're just going to find out. You're going to be challenged. And isn't it interesting that everybody, everybody wants the results of God wisdom. We want healthy bodies. We want strong marriages. We want uh, freedom and finance. But not very many of us want to do what it takes to maintain that. See, it's one thing to get uh, in a prayer line and get an instant miracle. It's another thing to continue to walk in it after you've been given the, the miracle. See, if, you, if you've been praying for money, first let me point out that you don't pray for money, you sow for increase. But you've been praying for wisdom, all of a sudden, let's say God answered your prayer, and you walk outside today and your car is filled with cash. Stuffed with cash. Well, if you don't have the character to handle that right, next week you don't have the same problems you had this week, you have more problems. So what you thought was going to bless you is actually going to hurt you. Because you've got to have the stuff to maintain it. When God gives you freedom in an area of your life, if you don't develop the character to maintain that, to sustain that, then you look good for a minute. You've got 30 minutes of breakthrough. And then the next 30 years, you're jacked up. And you're looking back around thinking that God ripped you off somehow. No, you just weren't real bright. You, you just didn't change. God's got to change us. Amen? God has got to change us. So today, we're, we're going to just sit down and visit, and, and we're going to address kind of the spiritual wheel. Okay? The spiritual wheel. Todd, you ready? Todd's going to come up. We're going to do like an intervention and see if we can't help Todd because he has so many problems. Anna, I'm just kidding. Everybody say, hello, Todd. People are getting up and leaving right now. What's wrong with you? Everybody's leaving. No, Todd and I were talking this week, and, uh, you know, some of the things that we're going to be doing over the next few weeks, we, we've got a, a gal, we're trying to work it out so that she can be here. She's a, a forensic child psychologist. She's the last person any family wants to see. Uh, but maybe by sitting down and talking to her, she can share with us some insight so that we know how to prevent things that occur in every family that has huge issues. Not, not a little issues. We're talking about the big stuff. How do we prevent that? I'm going to have Pastor Sharkey come down, and, and we're going to talk about the, 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 you know, the physical wheel. Not how to get healed. How to live healed. Just live healed. You know, wouldn't you like that? You know, I, honestly, I've got to tell you, you can live healed. Okay, you don't have to be sick all the time. Right? Amen. So, let's jump in here real quick, and let's read a scripture. First, put 2 Corinthians 10 up. I just want you to see this. Some of the stuff is just getting us caught back up. But look, for the weapons of our warfare, 
And by the way, how many of you believe the Bible's true? Okay. So, weapons. Doesn't that kind of indicate you should be fighting? You got weapons. They're not just little cool things that you hang on the, you know, the wall. We're not, we're not handing you out shields today when you leave the building. But yet you have weapons. The weapons of our warfare, oh, we're in a warfare. They're not carnal, but they are mighty in God. They're not carnal. Not carnal. You know, just, just want to seed your thoughts for a minute and tell you that if, uh, you know, anytime you hear the word spiritual, some people immediately think of the most weird things. You know, yeah, spooky stuff. Um, you, you know, angel feathers on the bed when you get up in the morning and gold dust under your chair when you go to church. And, and that's kind of neat. I think it's just strange. Um, I, I really think that what we have to understand is that if the enemy can make you think wrong about the spiritual realm, then you won't participate in it. And you'll end up with a little teeny tire on that side of your car. Okay? But our weapons are not carnal. So if you're going to win, you're going to have to be spiritual. If you're going to win in life, if you're going to have the God life, if you're going to succeed, you're going to have to be spiritual. Not weird, spiritual. You're going to have to understand how to move in the Spirit. Everything about the Bible, you know, to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So we've got, we got to be people who are led by the Spirit. And look, the weapons are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Look at verse 5. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Can we just understand that in order to begin to win the battle, you've got to realize that, number one, I'm in one. Number two, strongholds in my life are causing problems for me. What's going on in Todd's world doesn't really affect me. But what I'm allowing to be in my life is affecting me. And there are strongholds. What's, you know, how, how do we deal with this? We've got we to bring these things down. Okay? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna tear down some strongholds. Amen? Amen. Okay. Talk for a while. I'll be quiet. <laughs> well, okay, so um, when we're talking about... Don't take that down yet. Thanks. Um, taking every thought captive. So... Like, help me understand how I take these, co- these thoughts captive when they're... When I'm having these thoughts, what do I do? Do I say, oh, I rebuke you, I rebuke you. What do we do? When we, how do we take these thoughts that we're thinking captive? What do we do? Well, first of all, you kind of got to know what God says. Because if you don't know what God says, then, then you, you, you're not going to be aware when thoughts are not godly. I think some people are under the impression that if the enemy's speaking to them in a, and, and he's planning thoughts in their mind, you, you, know, uh, you know, like, don't tithe. They think they'll hear a voice say, don't tithe. You know, and, and like, you know, that, that would be a devil. And, but when I hear, man, you can't afford to do that, that that's the voice of reason. Yeah. Well, see, we don't understand. We've we got to know God's word. So that when thoughts come, we know whether or not they are in obedience to Christ. And it's vital to check out our thoughts because, well, it says right there is in verse 5, look, look at the end, every thought comes into captivity. So it's a thought. You back up from there, it's a high thing or a high thought, a stronger thought. A thought becomes a stronger thought. And a strong thought becomes an argument. And then in the end of verse 4, it says that that argument becomes a stronghold. And a stronghold is kind of like the thought that's been there so long 
that we ignore it now. It's just got a strong hold on us, and it doesn't line up with the Word of God. So we're thinking thoughts, and we're under the impression that they're God thoughts, but if we don't know what God's Word says, we're so easily distracted by all kinds of stuff. You know, how do I take a thought captive? Well, first, I, you know, I've got I to turn the light on. I've got to begin to live a Spirit-led life. I've got to ask Jesus to lead me and guide me into truth. I've got to pray for the gift of discernment. I've got to quit thinking that my issues are due to my mother-in-law or my boss or, or my kids and start realizing that if I'm going to get victory, I've got to check out the way I'm thinking. I've got to think right so I can see right. I've got to see right so I can live right. Okay, so um, right, so define define what a stronghold is. Is it always just like uh, drugs or killing people, or I mean, is it like all this heavy duty stuff in life, or you know, what is a stronghold? Okay, it's a good question. Stronghold. Um, I got several answers for you today, Todd. I could use them. I know. I just want to thank you for your grace that abounds to me this morning. Thank you. That's, that's playing dirty. Uh, if you go to blueletterbible.org and, and you take that scripture that we were just looking at and you read the definition of a stronghold, it defines it this way. It is an argument or a reasoning by which a disputant endeavors to fortify his opinion and defend it against the truth. So a, a argument or a reasoning, it's that thing that was sown in your mind. You know, you, you grow up with certain belief systems, and you don't even challenge them because it's just the way you grow up. You know, just this is the way it's been. And it's always been there, but, and you don't realize that it's standing against the truth. But all it is is that thought that becomes a strong thought, which becomes an argument, which eventually becomes a stronghold. Um, let me read this to you. Strongholds are a network of entrenched thoughts, feelings, ideas, emotions, imaginations, beliefs, and patterns of behavior through which the enemy exercises influence and control. Strongholds are the devil's playground. You know, where, you know the enemy toys with you until you decide to get real, and then you shift from being a toy to being a target. And you're, 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 you're attacked in the, in the mental realm. The battle, the battle is in our mind and in our mouth. You can check out what you, uh, you, know, what you believe by really analyzing your actions. Every action is a manifestation of a belief system. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the way you speak, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the mouth, the, you know, the heart speaks. You're, you know, what, what's my dad used to say that uh, what's in the well will come up in the bucket. You know, when, when life shakes you, what pops out of you? Uh, now, now, now we're getting down in there to what your thoughts are. Are you justifying? You know, when, when we get, when we have Pastor Sharkey here and he starts talking about living healed, you know, I already know that there's a bunch of people that we have this thought. Um, you know, because if we're not walking in health and we're constantly battling, uh, you know, sickness and disease, how many times have you heard this statement? Well, I guess God must be trying to teach me something. So we're going to justify the lack of God's provision in our life by, because with a, with a statement that says, oh, God's teaching me something. No, He's not. Thank you for that crazy response right there. You know, you know God's not trying to teach you something. No, you're missing a reality. There's a stronghold in your life that justifies 
the lack of God's promise with an argument to give you a little bit of room to stand on because we'd rather argue that we're right than find out that we're wrong. That is a stronghold in your mind. Okay, Yours. so so I'm a Christian and I love Jesus, just in case you didn't know that. And um and I'm coming to church and I'm reading my word and I'm trying to do all the things that you teach us to do. Um, so why do I keep dealing with some issues over and over and over and over and over and over and over? We've oh. all been asking that about you, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Why do believers have 30 minutes of freedom? Uh, we won't ask you to raise your hand, but I think there's a lot of us that have gone even forward in a prayer line. We're asking for, for deliverance from something, and we have it. And we go out and we do pretty good for a while and, and then we lose it. I think that comes back to the fact that your greatest satanic opposition is usually after your freshest revelation. I know people who have been, um, but, and, and you know, if I talk about specific things, guys, don't think I'm judging you, okay? I, I don't have a problem. If you smoke, cool. I'm not worried about it. You know, I'll light you up. I don't care. Uh, but if you're trying to break that thing, and that, you know, that's just a stronghold a lot of people have dealt with. Um, and we get freedom from that, and you live free for three months, and then one day you're in the grocery store, and you just can't handle it. You know, you're buying that stuff again. How come, is that what you're asking? How come I can't stay free? Well, I think it's because we put up walls. I, I, I would even call them lordship walls. We, we get a moment of freedom, and we throw the wall up, and we, and we hang a picture of Jesus hugging a lamb on there. We buy a T-shirt and a bumper sticker, but we never tear down the stronghold. You know, we just move, move stuff out of the way and we, we enjoy this moment of freedom. But we don't realize that that stronghold was in my life because of the way I thought, the way I think is, is, is manifest in the way I see. So I'm see, the way I see it is that this isn't really all that bad. The way I see it, you know, and so here we are. And instead of demolishing that stronghold, we just shift our focus. It's kind of like autopilot in the airplane. You know, you get up in the air and you're flying and you're on autopilot. Well, you can take the, uh, what do they call it? Huh? Yokes. Yeah, you take the yoke. You don't fly around, right? When you let go, what happens? You go right back to where autopilot was set. Well, our belief systems, a stronghold's kind of like the coordinates typed into the autopilot. Well, we get brave one day, and we're tired of always going that direction. So we take the yoke, and we redirect our life. But we don't change the information in autopilot. And we're flying along there really well, but then we get busy. Something happens, and you let go, you know, and all of a sudden, zzz, you come right back to where you were always, where you were headed before you got brave and took control. It's great that we're brave and we're taking control and that we're giving Jesus praise. What's not great is that we're not reprogramming the autopilot. You know, when, when a baby has a dirty diaper, what do you do? Well, you, you know, you, you take out the, the changing table and you put the baby on the changing table. And you get a new diaper. You get some powder. You sprinkle on the powder. You put on the new diaper and you hand the baby back to the mama. Because you don't want to be around it anymore, right? Right, guys? And um, the problem is, though, is that if you don't take off the old diaper, 
you got to take off the old one first. Because if you don't, it's just a very short time till the old begins to penetrate the new. And a lot of us, we're going through life. We didn't take off the old. We just put on the new. If any man be in Christ, he's new. We're celebrating being new. But there's some things we've got to take off. There's some mindsets, some belief systems, some habits, some stuff we've got to take off. And if we don't, it's not long till the old penetrates the new. And it shows up again and again and again. Because we, we fail to really deal with our belief systems, with our thoughts. We haven't changed the way we think. We can change the way we talk. We can change the way we dress. We can change the way we drive. Most of us don't. We still drive crazy. We, we, we change, you know, it's kind of like wanting to be physically fit. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, the, the physical change, you know, I got to tell you that I wanted to be in shape, but I didn't want to give up Krispy Kremes. <laughs> I did not. I, I agreed. You know, it's like sitting in a, uh, in a uh, Red Robin and on the TV they're, they're, they're doing an exercise show. Have you ever been in to Red Robin during the day for lunch and on the, on the TV there's people exercising? And you're sitting there with a bacon cheeseburger with guacamole on it and a bunch of fries. And you and your group, you're looking at the TV. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you know that works? Yes. Can we get some more fries over here, please? And, and, and we sit there at the table, but we never get physically fit. We're just watching other people get physically fit. Because we're not changing our lifestyle the way we see it. So in order to really maintain freedom, you've got to think differently. That's really good. You that, asked. It was really good. That was really good. Okay, so... Um, I feel good about me. <laughs> so, so we get free, and um, we move on through life and stuff. Will we have to deal with it again? Or can we get completely free so that these things are in our past? Do, is there, what do we do? Is there a maintenance program? How do we, you know... What keeps our life continually going, you know, because we keep finding new strongholds. So is there different ways to deal with different strongholds? Or is there a, you know, is there a way to keep free and just keep moving on in our, our freedom? Like, you got like some steps. I know you've answered that all through this, but um, like give us some, some, just some steps to, to stay free. Okay. Stay in the Word. Stay in the Word. I've read that before. Slap yourself. You know, you got to read it and repeat it. 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 The fact is, is that my old nature, if I don't stay on top of it, it's going to try to rule and reign. You know, think of it in, in, the, in, the, in the line of, of physical, you know, uh, health. And you start exercising and you get healthy. You stop exercising, you get more unhealthy again. So you start exercising again and you start getting healthy again. When you stop exercising, you start getting weaker again. You start getting heavier again. You start getting right back to where you didn't want to be. So how do you, how do you maintain it? By continuing the things that produce 
the outcome that you're looking for. Remember, final outcome is not determined by circumstance. Final outcome is determined by character. Character is the manifestation of habits. Your habits are going to define your character. Your habits are created by consistent action. A habit is just simply something you do without thought, but an action is something you have to think about and do consistently. Those actions are the result of choices. Choices are the result of emotion. Emotion always makes our choices. So if I have healthy emotions, I'm going to make healthy choices. My emotions are the result of my thoughts. Thoughts come from the words that I hear. So if, if I'm going to change my final outcome, I'm going to change. I've got to go all the way back to the word and then change the way I think. And if I ever switch back to my old way of thinking, then obviously I'm going to end up eventually producing the same end result that I said I didn't want. So I've got to change my character. You know, how, how do I maintain freedom? By taking every thought captive. By casting down every thought that comes up against the knowledge of Christ. By, by every day, every day, you know, getting out of bed and doing what's right. You know, uh, you know, in this day and age, we got computers. We check our email every day. We ch- every day we check our email. Get in the Word every day. Get a program that just sends you the, uh, you know, the Bible every day. You know, audiobible.com. It'll read it to you. You know, in the car. We have no excuse. We have no excuse to live a life separated from God's Word. And if, if you live separated from God's Word, you're not going to win because you're going to end up being bombarded with all of these carnal thoughts, this world system of logic. You got, and, and the world system of logic will not work. I'm feeling really free now. So, um, I don't know if I have any more questions. Well, good. I think that, Let me that read. I mean, that answers. I know you got some good information there that'll. Uh, we start, you know, we started getting ready for this whole thing, not just the spiritual wheel, but, uh, but in in all of this, you know, we're getting all kinds of stuff, and maybe maybe next week or sometime, you know, we can put together a handout and get this in your hand. I, I have this though, and I I want to read it to you, and and it's just out of the scripture. There's there's 25 scriptures here, um, and I think that probably every day we should go over some of these scriptures. But let me let me just read this statement, and this is about you and about me, and in order to read it successfully, last last time I kind of. Made stuff up as I went because I couldn't read it. <laughs> and, uh, just, uh, let me just read this to you. You guys doing okay? Yes. Okay, I, I know this isn't normal. We'll preach next week and really mess you up. But uh, right now, just, just listen to this. Because of who Jesus Christ is, and because he's my Savior and my Lord, I'm a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly places. I'm chosen, I am accepted, and I am included. I'm a citizen of heaven and a member of God's household. I'm loved by God unconditionally and without reservation. I belong to Him. I belong to Him. I've been bought by Him with the blood of Jesus. I have eternal life and will be saved from all of God's wrath to come, guaranteed. I'm a Christian. I'm not just different in what I do. My identity has changed. 
Who I am has changed. Everything has become brand new. I am a dwelling place in which God lives by His Spirit. I have access to Him anytime, anywhere, and for any reason. I am God's creation, His workmanship. I was created by Him, for Him. So who I am and what I do matters. I am spiritually alive. I have been set free from the fear of death. I have been given life to live and enjoy life to the fullest. I am forgiven completely, totally, and absolutely. I have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the sun. I have been set free from the penalty of sin and the power of sin. I am an enemy of Satan and at war with spiritual forces. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If God is for me, I don't care who's against me because nothing and no one can separate me from the love of Christ. Not hurt, not pain, not loss, not problems, not brokenness, not persecution, not trouble, not difficulty, not danger, not abandonment, not abuse, not addictions, not appetites, not desires or food or sexuality or relationships, not life or death, angels or demons, not my past, my present or my future, no power, no person, no place, not anything in all creation, not even Satan himself himself can prevail against me. I'm in the hands of Jesus and in the hands of God and nothing and no one can snatch me out of God's hands. I fear no evil because God is with me. He has promised to never leave me, to never forsake me. I'm in his presence and he's with me everywhere I go, to the heights of the heaven, to the valley of the shadow, to the ends of the earth forever and always. I am a child of the king and choose this day to live like one. And because of that, and because of that, not only can I get free, I can live free. I can not only be free, I can be a carrier of freedom. Because what God's doing in me isn't all about me. But it's going to flow through me into the lives of people around me. It's going to be in you. You know, when you walk in a room, you change the environment. But you're good. You're not evil. You know, the, the enemy lies and he cheats and he steals and he deceives and he accuses and, and, and he deceives. But the fact is, is that the Spirit of God is leading us into the truth. And when we're accused, we have an advocate with the Father who stands there on our behalf pleading our case and he's interceding for us. And when he tempts us, there's no temptation for which God hasn't given us a way of escape. God, God has given us the antidote for every single implement of warfare the enemy has to use against us we can't be beaten as long as we get in the fight you're a child of the king you've been called out of darkness and you're translated into his marvelous light you just have to make a choice if you remember deuteronomy 30 verse 19 he said you know i've called heaven and earth today as witnesses i'm setting in front of you life and death blessing and curse choose make make a choice so i understand that maybe one of the first strongholds to tear down is the one that is that believes that some of this stuff is too big or too strong you got to learn to live with it now the fact of the matter is that because i'm in christ i can choose to live blessed i can choose to have life not death it's my choice I don't care what the enemy's offering. You know, 
It's like going to a buffet and only eating mashed potatoes. And sitting down and trying to convince the people you're with that there's nothing up there but mashed potatoes. There's a lot of stuff up there. Some of us worse than mashed potatoes, but some of us better. You know, it's not just mashed potatoes. But you can tell yourself, all there is is mashed potatoes, and that's all you're ever going to get. It's all my daddy got. It's all my grandpa got. It's all my great-grandpa got. All my kids are going to have. They're just going to have mashed potatoes. Then one day, one of your kids goes up there and realizes there's chicken. (laughs) And when he goes to reach for the chicken, he hears a voice say, that's not for you. You're only supposed to eat potatoes. Someday he's going to go, I'm tired of potatoes. Get me some chicken. Can you tell it's lunchtime? All of these food metaphors. Praise Jesus. Uh, oh, pause. Take a Okay. A lot of us are going through life, and we're telling ourselves that this is just the way it is. And I'm here today to tell you, you can you can choose something else. You can choose freedom, but you will have to participate in your own freedom. Let me close with this thought. Freedom is never granted voluntarily by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. You, you want to be free? Then you better get your fighting gloves on. The enemy's not going to back off because you're nice. You don't get to buy your freedom with a $77 offering given on the seventh day of the seventh month. You have to fight for freedom. You have to fight. But it's worth the fight. Just a minute. We're all going to pray. We're all going to pray a prayer. And if you're here today and anything in life has separated you from the God life that you know is available to you, if you suddenly realize, you know what? I want God in my life. I'm not going to live separated. I can choose life. I don't have to have separation. I can choose life. I can choose the blessing. Today, we're all going to pray a prayer together. You know what many of us would call the sinner's prayer. Maybe you've prayed it before. That's not, I'm not asking you how many of you have never prayed this or how many need to pray it one more time. I'm asking you, are you here today and you're living separated from God life? How about we change that? How about we accept what God offers us today. Would you, would you just close your eyes and bow your heads? And we, we wouldn't do anything to embarrass you. But if you're here today and you say, Hey guys, I want the life that God offers me. I do not want to be separated from it anymore. I don't want to live life just on mashed potatoes when the whole buffet is available. I want to make a choice today to experience new life. Include me in this prayer. Real quick, hold your hand up so we can see it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. You can put them down. Somebody else. Anybody else? A lot of hands up. Anybody else? Yeah, this is my prayer today. I want real life. I want to choose life. God life. Tired of living under the impression that I have to be this way. That this is the only way. No, I want real life today. Anyone else? Can we include you in this prayer? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Guys, just just pray. Everyone here, pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love, your acceptance, 
and your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me wisdom and strength to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me and setting me free. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen.